So, the big question is this. How are pitching coaches like us, who aren't lazy and driven by our ego, who actually care about getting every player better, how do we coach in a way that lets us break free from the status quo, see things differently, and impact each one of our players for the better, all while changing the landscape of this game? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andy Powers, and welcome to the Pitching Secrets Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Andy here, and I am very excited for this episode of the Pitching Secrets Podcast, and I really appreciate you joining me today with this, and uh, we're going to go into a topic that i got to be careful with this one, because I could easily see how this could get me into some trouble or, or, uh, or seem a little controversial, potentially, and at the very least... Uh, could be misinterpreted, and I don't want that to be the case. But it is a topic that I've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of questions from lately, from other guys who, other pitching coaches who are who are you know they're they're creating their playbooks, they're working on their playbooks, they're implementing their playbooks, and uh, so I felt like it was uh, since I kept seeing the question popping up over and over again, it needed to be something that was addressed. And I, I so the topic uh, of this particular episode is. You know, is basically how to how to deal with a, a stubborn um, or resistant head coach, and the and the thing is, the reason is because most of the time, uh, if uh, if you're part of this audience, if you're a pitching coach, you're not the head coach. You're usually an assistant coach, um, and um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, it oftentimes can mean that you run into a head coach who. Uh, rightfully so, has the final say in what happens with, uh, with the team, uh, doesn't uh, agree with, uh, the, with your playbook. They don't agree with what you're trying to do, or they don't understand it is really the reason. It's not that they don't agree with it. Uh, it's more so that they don't understand it. So I hope today's episode is going to give you uh, uh, several ideas and strategies and tactics of things of how you can approach this. Uh, this is exactly something that I personally went through myself. Um, that uh, uh, the thing of it was when I was in college baseball uh, and I was at uh, a couple of the schools that I was at, um, I had a few head coaches that I worked for that uh, were very established head coaches. Very, They'd been head coaches for a long, long time. They'd had a tremendous amount of success prior to when I ever got there. Uh, and they had also been very involved in pitching. And so they definitely had their ways of running the staff, they had their years and years of experience and routines and repetitions, and just kind of ingrained in them of how they did things. and And because it was their name at the at the head of the program, uh, it was understandable that they may not be, uh, you know, just willing to completely turn the reins over to somebody, especially a young kid um, who, you know, like me, you know, who who uh, was confident in what I was doing and was prepared, and that's why they brought me in. Uh, but there was still that level of, uh, you know, needing to build up their confidence. And uh, so, and I understood that. And so one of the first things I would recommend to you uh, as an assistant coach is to put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of the head coach and maybe try to understand a little bit more of where they're coming from. Uh, I, will, I will say, and you'll hear me probably bring this up multiple times through this episode, but I will say that what you're probably going to find is that a lot of this stuff is just going to come down to uh, a lack of, of communication or a lack of clear communication. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we're going to give you a few different strategies. But if you know anything about me and part of my story, you may have heard one of the and through another podcast or uh, through you know a presentation I've done or on a on a you know, one of my blogs or something. You may have heard the story 
about one of the times where I was brand new at uh, I was at Lamar University, and uh, it was our I think it was I think actually it was probably our first official team practice in the fall. Uh, so just real quick, if you're not familiar with how it works in Division One baseball, there's only a certain window of time that the, the NCAA allows you to have a team practice uh, so where everybody can be together on the field. And that's what we just call our official practice. And uh, outside of that, it's what they call individuals, where each player gets, you know, basically like two hours a week to work with you. And you can have no more than four guys in a group with one coach. So it, it's a lot of small group individual type stuff. But the, the official practice is with the whole team together. Uh, and it's like 20 hours a week and stuff like that. So I think that this was probably like my first, it might have been our first practice that we had, our first official practice with Lamar. And if you remember the story, if you've heard it, we had 19 guys on our pitching staff. And so we were just starting off, it was early in the practice, and we were getting into our PFPs. And we had our infield on uh, on defense, we had our outfielders acting as base runners, and then we had one pitcher on the mound and 18 of the rest of our pitchers, the 18 other pitchers, uh, in a line down the first baseline. And I'm standing behind the line, uh, kind of in front of the dugout, uh, just watching. And, and this was, you know, it's my first time with this organization. Uh, the other coaches on the staff had been together for over 15 years uh, together, so they were very well familiar with each other, and they had their own routines and things that they did. And uh, so what I witnessed was that um, the pitcher would simulate a throw, and then one of the other assistant coaches was at the home was at home plate, basically putting a ball in play, and the the defense and the runners would react to it. And so he would simulate the throw. The coach puts the ball in play. We finish the play. That pitcher goes to the end of the line. Next guy up in the line runs out to the mound, and he does the same thing. And only like two of those guys did an actual rep. So I'm sitting there, kind of like in shock. That I'm sitting there going like two guys just did one rep and the other 17 guys didn't do any reps and they just saw it happen and then we moved on to something else and I was like that that's not going to be good enough you know if you're listening to this maybe you're the pitching coach you know your job is to develop the pitchers that was my job my job was to develop the pitchers I supported everybody but my role and my allegiance was to those pitchers I had to make sure that they were supported in getting what they needed on a daily basis and that wasn't going to cut it so I had to come up with ideas and strategies and different ways to try to get more out of practice time to give those pitchers what they needed. Because a lot of times, especially at the higher levels, what you run into, if, especially when you just have pitcher onlys, uh, a lot of times it's kind of a race to, B, you know, to BP, and then those, those pitchers, a lot of their role just becomes to shag. And that's a complete waste of their time. So you had an ambitious young coach who, who had, you know, established, you know, and was working, had, had really good playbooks, things that we were doing, and um, it was a struggle. But slowly, slowly but surely, um, the head coach would continue to turn over responsibility and let me do more and more, which he was completely fine with because once you have built that confidence in your head coach, then he trusts you to be able to get done what you need to get done, and therefore he can go and do other things. And that's ultimately what I think any assistant coach wants to be able to do, is to be able to have the confidence and the freedom to do their program, 
but also allow the head coach to be more of the overseer of everything. They can just interject where they need to. Respecting the hierarchy, if the if the head coach wants to interject and, and get involved somewhere uh, with the pitching staff, you just hope it is you know um, helpful and doesn't blow it up. But that's 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 the idea. And so I loved it when we were able to do that. The first part of me being able to do that was by myself creating the plan, the daily plan. Okay, and this is what I would. This would be one of my first strategies and pieces of advice for you to try to do is, is that the the reason why that you haven't been given that situation and that freedom and ownership and leadership role is because probably the head coach doesn't understand it, and because he doesn't understand it, he doesn't trust it. And I don't think you would either, if it was quite honestly, if you were in the same situation, right? So you need to understand it. You need to be clear. You need to you need to have confidence that whoever that guy is is doing the doing the job, right? So one of the first things that I started to do was I would every day in the mornings we were all in the office. We would basically lay out what our practice plan was for that day. And then once we had the overall practice plan for that day for the entire team. Then what I would do is I would find my openings throughout practice where I could interject my time with just the pitchers. And then when I got into that time, I tried to maximize that time as much as possible. And if you, again, if you followed me, if you listened to me before, you've probably heard me talk about uh, this is different playbooks, but you probably heard, you know, about the multi-pitcher bullpens and the, you know, multifaceted PFPs and the different things that we did. That was all part of it because the idea was, is that maybe we only had a 20 minute window that was booked into the practice. I needed to take that 20 minutes and try to get as much for those pitchers as I could in that 20 minutes to where it was worth their time and they got better, right? So I created those moments. And then eventually what I would do is then I would go and talk about it with the head coach. And I'd say, okay, you know, here's kind of our practice plan for today. We would all talk to him maybe as a staff and say, here was our plan. But then I would talk to him separately and say, okay, coach, here's here's the things that I, I'd like to do today. These pitchers need this, this guy needs this, this guy needs this. Here's how I think it could all work, right? And so what that did was that that gave the head coach, first off, a sense of that you had a plan, right? And it was thought out and it makes sense. You also gave him a sense of confidence in you that you knew what you were doing and that this was beneficial for the players, right? And you had it all worked out. It was all done. But the, I think one of the other things that was most important was is that you also give the head coach the opportunity. You can tell them what you want to do, but you're not telling them what to do unless they ask you, right? But if you're just telling them what you want to do, then what that does is that still gives the head coach the opportunity to make suggestions, to change things, to ask questions. Well, what if we do this? Or what if we do that? Or, hey, I was thinking about doing this with the pitcher. How does that affect things today if we want to do this in a few days? And then what your job has to be becoming is that you have to be you have to be very dynamic. You got to become quick on your feet and say, okay, I didn't know that you were planning on this guy pitching in an inter squad game in two days, and we were going to do a, you know, maybe a heavy bullpen today. So, what that means is, okay, we're still going to get our bullpen in today, but we're just going to tweak it and make it a little lighter load, and, and we're going to do this, and then that should set him up for, for the, in two days for the, for the inter squad, right? Okay. So, now what you've been able to do is still be able to get in what you want to get in, and then you've also been able to have the head coach provide his input 
on what you need on, on what he wants to do and then once you guys both come to that agreement on that same page he's a lot more inclined to let you run with it okay and now your job is what you better implement it you better run it off right you got to do it and then you continue to do that on a daily basis now I'm telling you that story from when my time when I was in college baseball this same story happens at any level I don't care if you're at a youth league level fine if it's a head coach if you've got an assistant even if you have one assistant coach right if you have an assistant coach who has a has a very clear understanding and a plan of what his role is within practice and the players he needs to be working with and what you need him to do then you can just let him know okay hey th it's your time you're gonna go with coach Smith right and then that Smith already knows what is what he needs to do he grabs those players he goes and does it at the high school level same thing okay the concept doesn't change the setting may change the amount of time you have to go through this may change but that's just something that you're gonna have to create of finding that time to make it work right so eventually the story had what became that eventually I like we didn't even really have to do the the daily practice meetings anymore right because I had been doing it so long we had established I had established myself and, and the trust and confidence with with the head coach and the other coaches that they just turned it over to me I mean they just let me have it right which is what I wanted which was what you want right it's what I want for you and so when that happened we still went through it it was a daily routine of kind of what we're doing but we maybe didn't have to or I didn't have to work so hard right because they just already I reached a level of trust with them that they knew that I could deliver that right and and then the pitchers they had gotten used to it being me that was implementing as all of this is supposed to be right so then we get into our season and I tell this story often and it just blew my mind but sometimes it was like all hell broke loose and it went out the window but I literally saw during my time at a college program one time I literally saw the head coach make a pitching decision basically a change in uh, 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 pitchers made the decision based off of the first guy he saw in the dugout so here's what happened we got our guy in the in the game a starter he's doing pretty good okay he's, he's cruising everything but all of a sudden we get into an inning and the wheels started to fall off and it became panic city and so the head coach I'm watching because they're the one that makes the, the pitching change the personnel decisions you watch the big leagues pitching coaches go talk to him on mound visits but managers head coaches they go and they make the personnel change right and that was very much how this was operating at this in this program so I knew what was coming is that we needed to find somebody else so what I saw was that panicked we're looking around the dugout head coach sees a pitcher you go get hot the pitcher didn't even have his spikes on which I ripped his ass after the game about that one right because there's no excuse for him not being spiked up and ready to go. So once we get through that debacle and we get him on into the bullpen, it's panic city. He's trying to rush and get hot real quick. Meanwhile, the game is continuing to deteriorate because the guy on the mound has lost it. This guy is trying to get hot as fast as he can. And they're sitting there looking in the dugout over in the bullpen over and over again. Hey, is he ready? Is he ready? Is he ready? And finally we said, yeah, he's ready. He's good to go. And he go into the game. Guess what? It got worse, right? It didn't get better. 
So I sat there and I'm like, this this can't happen. This isn't this. We can't do this. And so that's when I started to implement and come up with the, the pitcher rotation management chart, which, again, if you've been with me for any period of time, you're probably familiar with it. And I had to start the whole process all over again. Now, this was the biggest challenge for me, and it's probably going to be the biggest challenge for you. Because practice is one thing, but now you're talking about games. And even though you're the pitching coach, and you do believe, as well as I believe, that you that means that you should have the authority on your pitchers. You should be the authority resource for your head coach or your other coaches to come to if they need to know anything about a pitcher. You should be the guy. But it's not the way it always works. Okay. So... After seeing that happen in a game, I, I said, this is, this, we've got to be better than this. So, again, starting all over, I started putting together that chart. I started to put together our rotations, and I went before the games, went back to the head coach and sat down. You know, for, in college, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, so we would sit down you know, early in the week was my plan, and we would map out the week. And say, okay, here's, we, when you get into, especially when you get into college baseball, but I'm sure whatever level you're at, it doesn't change. You know who your, your number one guy is, right? In, in D1 baseball, your number one is your Friday night, Friday night guy, okay? So we knew who our Friday, so that was easy. I just dropped him in the Friday spot. And you probably already knew your Saturday and your Sunday guy too, okay? So we would just drop him in, and then we would work through. So I started to put that chart together. And then I would present it to them early in the week. And it was important that it was early in the week because then it would help me to set up the preparation for all of these guys throughout the week. But I would go in and we'd just have a meeting and say, okay, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Here, here's what we're looking at. Here's the teams we're playing. Here's, here's kind of the rotations I'm thinking. Again, I came and presented them with a plan. I told him what I think we should do, but I didn't tell him what to do. Right? And what that did was that it gave him something to work off of. And he could sit there and say, I don't like this guy late in the game. Okay. You have a choice as a pitching coach. You can either debate it and try to understand why and then maybe try to plead your case as to why you do believe that guy's good late in the game. You can give in and just say, okay, not, not a problem. Who do you like? And we go with that. Or you can get all pissy and and you know hurt your feelings and all that and say you know and, and get upset with him which by the way that's the worst of the answers and and and, and probably you know ways to do it if you have a healthy relationship with your head coach then i would in strongly encourage you to discuss it because his perspective may be something you haven't considered and vice versa you're with those guys every single day your perspective and what you see on a regular basis and the confidence that you feel in your guys might be enough that he doesn't see that every day. And so he's going to sit there and go, oh, okay, well, I see your point. At the end of the day, it's his choice. If it's his choice to give you the choice, great. And if it's his choice to say, no, I want this setup, he's the head coach, right? So we got to go with it. But what happens is, is that what you've done is that you've, again, given the head coach the due respect that they deserve by giving them the opportunity to contribute to the discussion, change the discussion, or just approve the discussion. Either way, it feels like it's part that they've done their role in fulfillment as, as a head coach. They're the boss. 
So see, you're stroking the ego a little bit. And you can do that and get what you want out of it at the same time. If you've got a head coach, let's say you're at the high school level and you've got a head coach who's, you know, could care less or he's not really involved. Okay. He may just kind of give you the rubber stamp and say, yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. And if it's not successful, you're going to wear it, right? And you're going to have to regroup and you're going to have to figure out how we can get better. But when you start having more and more success, it becomes easier and easier. So what happened with us is that we were able to start implementing our rotation. Our pitchers knew exactly when they were planning to throw and then the game and what their roles were. Everybody ran it off beautifully. We had far less ups and downs. Our, our performances across the board became a lot more steady. It got to a point where we would get into a game and the head coach would just turn to me and he's like, well, what are we looking at? Or who's up? I said, well, you know, okay, it's the fifth inning. Well, we've got in the sixth inning, It's we're scheduled to have Jones. Uh, he's headed down to the bullpen to be ready to go. Okay, sounds good. There were times, and I'm going to tell you guys, be prepared for this. You have to be able to adapt, okay? There were times where all of a sudden Jones is scheduled to throw in the sixth, and we pull Miller out of nowhere. It's like, hey, go get hot. And we're like, whoa, wait a wait. Miller's not ready. Jones is thrown off because we went off script right? It happens. Be prepared for it, and you got to deal with it. And most of the time, it is not going to go well. And when it doesn't go well, it gives you an opportunity to discuss it later. I would highly recommend you do not discuss it right after the game, but you could discuss it the following day, right? And you say, we got to stay with our script. We got to go, you know, if you don't like Jones in the sixth, you'd rather have Miller, then that's fine. Let's just plan that ahead of time because we do a disservice to our kids. And so what ended up happening is, is that before you knew it, I was running practice for our pitchers on a daily basis, every facet of it. We go into our games. I'm running every facet of the game, calling pitches, working, you know, getting guys loose in between inning meetings, mound visits. And the head coach was able to do what he wanted to do, which was make the pitching change because that's what a head coach does, right? Great. I don't care. If that's, I mean, hopefully that's something you don't care about either. So, okay, fine, make the pitching change. But if you let me do everything else, we're going to be okay. That is the challenge that you face, okay? Now, having said all of that, if you try all of that, no matter what level you're at right now of the game that you're playing, if you try all of that and you still cannot get your head coach to give you any kind of latitude or any freedom, then what I'm getting ready to say is probably what you already know. It's what you're already feeling in your gut. But you're not in a good situation for yourself. And then you have to make a decision. Do I want to be a part of this program and part of this team because of all the other things that it means to be a part of that team and because you love the kids and you don't want to all that? Or do you feel like you're not able to fulfill your potential and know that you could be doing more for these kids if you were able to implement your playbooks. And if that's the case, then I think that your decision is, is that you need to probably look for something else. You need to either look for another situation where you're, you can be a pitching coach with that freedom in another organization and program, or you've got to go and try to be a head coach yourself. For me, eventually that's kind of where it got to. I got burned out though and then I became a head coach at the high school level where I didn't have to worry about that. I could fully implement whatever I wanted. But then what I would tell you 
is that if that ever becomes you and you become that head coach, do not ever forget what it felt like to be the assistant coach that didn't feel like he was getting the respect he deserved as, from the head coach. Okay, When you become that head coach, you make sure you return that favor. You go to them and ask them to create their playbooks. Hey, I hired you to be my hitting coach. Tell me your plan. Show me your program. Let's go through it. Let me understand what it is that we're doing. Let me add where I want to add. Let me take away where I'm going to take away. But let me understand it. And then once I do, go do it. Because if you hired him to be your assistant, that means that there's a certain level of trust that you should already have in him, right? So don't forget that if you ever become the, the, a head coach yourself. Don't forget that. Give that respect. Put those responsibilities on your assistants. They want it. And it'll free you up to do other things. And I think one of the coolest, most honorable, greatest things in the world is to have a whole lineage of assistants that came from you that are now successful head coaches of their own. I think that would that's amazing. Because they all came from your tree. Okay? But in the meantime, this would be the approach that I would suggest that you do to deal with and try to overcome the stubborn head coach that's giving you a lot of resistance to what you're doing is to is to to create the plan for him and then present it to him give him the opportunities to make changes and to give his his input on it but that's where you're going this is all about understanding this is about a clarity of communication this is about confidence and trust and so that's where it's going to be and so you just got to figure out what's lacking, and then you go and deal with that. If he doesn't understand it, you got to go talk to him and make it clear. If he doesn't trust you, you got to do things to get him to start to trust you. Okay? Simple as that. All right, guys. Hope that that was very helpful for you. Man, I really enjoyed that conversation. You know, I, I've talked about that. I've talked about that with several coaches, kind of independently, but to finally get it recorded and be able to share it with a lot. I was, that was really, I, 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 that was a lot of fun. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed making it for you because uh, that, that was something that was really cool. So anyways, good luck to you. And of course, if you have additional questions or scenarios or situation that you're in and you want, you know, a little bit more, you know, uh, advice on that or, or questions, just feel free to email me, man, and we'll, we'll, we can try to figure it out. I'll try to help you as, as much as I can. Um, and in the meantime, keep doing your thing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep building your playbooks. Keep putting those playbooks into, into use because your kids are getting better because of it. You're getting better because of it, too. But uh, just keep doing your thing and, uh, and, and keep, uh, keep going. So having said that, I appreciate you guys. Take care, and I'll talk to you in another episode. See ya. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pitching Secrets Podcast. If you want to learn more secrets to enhancing your pitching coach abilities and add to your playbooks all while breaking free from the current status quo of today's coaching, then I want you to join me in my movement to becoming a pitching boss. To start, I'd like to give you a free three-day masterclass for pitching coaches. In this masterclass, we will take a deep dive together on arm care, creating your daily routine, and developing your pitching staff rotation. Go to bullpensecrets.com forward slash masterclass and sign up to get started today.